everybody. This is a very excited and, and I'm almost losing my voice. Commander Dan from Fantastic Books Gaming joining you live from the Aircon event with the wonderful Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. And the wonderful Scott. Say hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. And we have indeed just played through a huge great dungeon of the Gorgon's Lark. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, look, thanks for joining us, gents. So, uh, yeah, we've um, just in order to show off the game dynamic, um, we've we've taken a step out of the campaign booklet and what we've done is we've taken all of the board pieces, we've crammed them together into kind of a big circular dungeon, um, we've attached every piece to every other and we've sprinkled it with enemies and we've just let them go wild. How did you think, um, how did you think that went? How did you feel playing the game? Uh, and, you know, just, just tell me your thoughts about how, how you thought the game mechanic itself worked because you're both clearly used, more used to playing far more complicated games. I think that's what stood out initially was was the simplicity of it. I think, for example, I mean, let's take Gloomhaven mm -hmm. as, as a dungeon crawler. Obviously, that's um, incredibly popular, but massively confusing. You can't imagine a family picking that up and kind of going and playing it. Okay. Whereas Gorgon's Lock is it was basically roll the dice to get your action points. You roll your dice to get your health. That's your started. You then use your action points to move, etc. It was really simple, but that didn't make the game itself simple. There was still a lot of depth to it. There's lots to do. There's various different actions that you can take. I think the the kind of variety of cards and everything in there as well, uh, the, the modular board, it, it's, it all adds to that depth but still doesn't take away and make it more difficult as a game, if you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, Tom. That's great. What do you think, Scott? Um, I'm impressed that we managed to go way beyond anything in the campaign and yet with a full three, well, a nearly full three-player game, we still managed to get it done in two hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So it's, it's definitely a quick pick-up, play, lightweight dice chucker, not too tactical, but being tactical gamers, uh, towards the end we were just, you do this, you do this, that happens, that happens, and we started walking. Mm -hmm. But if you've got younger players, I think that would be a lot more a lot easier for them to come up with that kind of plan as well. Yeah, I mean that's the whole that's the whole pitch of the game. That's where that's where the, the, the game is being pitched. It's it's directly on that stepping stone to take people away from the, the kind of standard cupboard stuff that everybody's got when the yeah. lights go out, the candles come out or to keep the, the very young kids busy, um, you know, snakes and ladders, etc. Um, and to take them into the wide and wonderful game of board and tabletop gaming because there are hundreds of thousands of really great, really compelling games out there. And just walking around Aircon now, I've walked past a hundred games that are essentially two cardboard boards and a couple of decks of cards. But people are absolutely intensely loving their, their gameplay. And also I've seen these huge, vast, great things with hundreds and hundreds of board pieces and chits and sliders and, and miniatures and everything else. And everything in between. And people come and as soon as they sit down and commit to learning the rules and playing the game, they have a great time, and I think the death by rule book thing is is a big is a big wall, a big um, you know, a, yeah, it, it does stop people getting into it. You know? yeah. Okay, so Tom, tell us a little about yourself, what you do, and uh, your oh. sort of your sort of capacity. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail you down for this now. Tell us about yourself. Um, so I hail from uh, uh, town near Stratford Maven in the Midlands. Um, my day job, I work for DHL. I'm uh, <laughs> working a run a run a warehouse shift. Um, 
but obviously by, by night I am the honest meeple, um, <laughs> as my faithful li- listeners will know. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been into board gaming all my life. Um, Wonderful. However, it's kind of been, it was always kind of around Christmas I'd get a game, but it would be Monopoly or Pluto or something like that. Yeah. And it was only in kind of around the time that I started at university, mm-hmm. and this is always a funny story, I love telling this, I got into board gaming through an app. So I got the oh, app interesting. for Splendour. Yeah, okay. Um, and all of a sudden, one day, I was playing it, lo- absolutely loved it, and it said, we have a board game of this. Would you like to buy it? I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Um, bought it on Amazon, played it, obsessed. And then that's where it all... <laughs> <laughs> I fell down the rabbit hole of board gaming, and, yeah, here I am now, coming to one of my favourite conventions, Aircon. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just one of those one of those things that's just kind of grown and grown um, much to the dismay of my girlfriend because of course all, all the money goes on <laughs> on, on new board games um, but does yeah, your girlfriend uh, play as well Tom? she does yeah oh, um, which is which is always a positive I mean if she hated board games then yeah. that might, <laughs> might cause a bit of friction but yeah I think one of my big biggest appeals for me was the community around it I mean mm-hmm. the fact that we all have events like this yeah. and we get to meet so many different people it, it's not I used to play a lot of video games I would never be able to sit down with a designer of a video game, or at least kind of, well, really any any video game, and, and chat to them about it, and yeah. even play the game with them. Um, and you know, we're moving into this kind of analog um, era, and yeah, you know, it's great. I love yeah, it. I've noticed that. I mean, it's. I'd love to say that. I, I, I felt the zeitgeist changing and I felt us heading toward an analog era and immediately rolled out a gaming division. That simply wouldn't be true. I, I, it's, 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 it's based mainly on jealousy, as I was telling you earlier, and me not being able to play the games that I walked past a hundred times at Fantastic on our annual event. So, um, so that's why the gaming division's been rolled out, because we've just been hammered with with dozens and dozens of fantastic ideas for gaming and stuff. But it's a brand spanking new division, and that's why we're kick-starting the first game. Otherwise, we would simply just roll into publication. Yeah. We've got so much stuff in the pipeline, it's crazy. Um, okay, so, uh, dear Scott, how are you? I'm good. All right, you enjoyed that? You, yeah, I, I, I noticed uh, you were quite quiet when you started playing the game and just sort of concentrating on the rules and being, um, you know, you know, just be, being quite, quite strategic, but just holding back a little. But by the end, you were very much taken charge, and this is what we should do now, and this is... And I, yeah, I like that. I, I sort of saw the strategy unfolding. Yeah, I like and that. And it was a case of, well, if we do this, you know, if, you know, we should win. Mm-hmm. But again, as you say, it's, it's that, that learning process of the rules. You just, it probably took me about 20 minutes to yeah. get everything mm-hmm. sorted. And after that, yeah, just... But I think you're up and running in a couple of minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, it, particularly once the board's all laid out, it's literally you roll for health, that's the health of the dungeon, you roll for action points, and they're the points you use for that turn and every turn thereafter. So it's... Um, it was things like the restrictions on number of times you could attack, yeah. number of times you could search. It's just remembering how yeah. many times you've done that. And by the end of it, you were just rolling them off. It's like, yep, mm-hmm. I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Yeah. You could go back through your turn without even trying. I like it when a whole table of players becomes completely engaged in one of the locks because um, when that, sorry, I've just referred to it as a lock, I'll explain why in a second. Um, uh, when, when a table full of players gets completely engaged in the lock that you're on, then it becomes much easier to keep an eye on what number of attack you're on, how many searches yeah. you've got left, because everyone's focused and paying attention, and I really like that. Yeah, the, the lock thing, um, it's got nothing to do with a Scottish body of water. And okay. my, wife, my wife's Polish, um, uh, she's the designer of the game, like the, the art designer. Uh, it's my brother-in-law, Bartomiej Jok, who's over in Jasper in, in, uh, in southeast Poland. He is the artist. Uh, he's, he's worked as a digital artist and a tattooist and all sorts of things. He's got a massive body of work. 
um, and uh, loch is simply the Polish word for dungeon, hence uh-huh. the Gorgon's Loch. So we didn't want to go down the Hollywood route of the Gorgon having, um, you know, having the kind of jab of the hut tail body and all that, because all that was added for drama. You know, uh, she's she's always been uh, the, the Gorgon as a as a as a species, uh, but but um, uh, particularly Medusa and her sisters have always been the snake-haired, you know, stone wall, stone face kind of guys. And it was interesting that instead of actually battling the Gorgon Queen, you. It, 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 was, it was interesting strategically that you, you essentially sacrificed each other while yeah. tra- while trading yeah. the goods for the wind condition <laughs> backwards as she sort of hammered their way through. I mean, uh, uh, but the, by using the items appropriately, none of us actually died. Yeah, yeah, well, it was really interesting. Yeah. It was like, kill me first, ah, fool you. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, hold this. No, no, pass this over. Yeah, it, was, it went really, it went really well. I'm really, really pleased with that paper. Very pleased. Um, so you are. Uh, uh, give me your your um, your nickname again. The honest meeple. The honest meeple. You yeah. look like an honest meeple, and I mean that. I mean that entirely complimentary. Um, so how long have you been running this podcast? Um, so podcast started. It was uh, must have been. I think no, uh, twenty eighteen. End of twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, ran it for a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. um, and then it died a death, unfortunately. So I've I've been all over the place with work because obviously mm-hmm. my day job takes priority, unfortunately. Of course, yeah. um, but I thought aircon great time to reboot it, mm-hmm. um, and oh, yeah, I thought I'd take this opportunity to speak to as many people as possible. Oh, fantastic. Um, and yeah, this is a great way to kind of get involved and, and get it out there. Oh, that's is, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we started the podcast. Um, uh, that this is this is episode seven of our podcast, okay. so we haven't exactly been doing it for years and years either. Um, and we've just decided to put something out every week in order to give the community somewhere to um, the community that's slowly growing around both the Gorgon's Loch about uh, around the Storm system, yeah. which is the the basic dice based D6 system we've been using today, uh, and all our other games and the people who are involved in um, uh, the, the kind of technical side of, of gaming systems. We've got a couple of gaming systems in the works, um, and it just gives gives us somewhere to just tell people you know tell people about what we're doing what our plans for the future are etc now clearly for the last couple of months it's been entirely focused on the kickstarter that's currently live right now uh, bit.ly forward slash join the gorgon's lock um, go and go and grab your pledge uh, we've got another couple of weeks to go and we're about 30 grand short so uh, you know these you know these things can happen. We've got to stay they positive. Do, they, they, I've, I've seen weirder things happen. Uh, some of these Kickstarter campaigns, mm. they just need that little kind of push over the edge. Absolutely. And it's, it, it will flow in the money. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, what we're waiting for really is for that moment for the board and tabletop gaming community to realise that that this is a bona fide game and it's mm. fun to play if you you know if, if you if you are used to much more complicated strategic games but it's also in my humble and extremely biased opinion the perfect game to introduce younger members of your family or indeed those people in your social group who for some reason just aren't really into the gaming and they consider it either a, a sort of uber geeky uh, the hobby that they're just not going to get into and they're not really interested in, but they'll happily sit down and have a game of Monopoly over a couple of beers or whatever. Yeah. Then, then these people sit them down in front of something like the Gorgon's Lock, and the fact that they will have, like you said yourself, Scott, after 20 minutes they'll know everything about the game, everything they need to. Um, that's that's a real position of power. Whereas I'm, I'm looking forward to my first game of Gloomhaven. Don't get me wrong, but uh, and, and Zombicide as well, and getting into these sort of uh, games, but. When I when I go up to my friends who, who've played a hundred times already, 
it's really tough to then say, right, hi, I'm, I'm the new guy, would you mind entirely slowing down your experience and just going over old ground again and again until I eventually get it? And I know that the vast majority of board and tabletop gamers don't mind doing that and they're happy to introduce people to the hobby, but you still feel the newbie, you still feel like the new guy. So uh, the, the entire ethos behind this game and the storm system is the fact that we, there are strategic subtleties that can be used. Um, we've got more advanced levels and more layers to be added to our games. We're not going to be releasing the Gorgon's Lock Advanced Edition. We'll simply release the advanced rules, so you'll be able to use the same pieces, the same standees, the same dice, the same system. But there's just going to be even even more in-depth subtleties to you know yeah. to, to to really engage the the more experienced game. Um, but yeah, at the moment, the storm system itself, very pleased with it, we designed that as well, and it allows you to give, take, use, fight, search, and move your way, in this case, around a magical magical fantasy dungeon, but we've got two or three skins all ready to go for the same system. Brilliant. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'd, I'd like to turn it into my, my at least 50% time job, yeah. which would mean, you know, it's, it's expanding the gaming division and perhaps streamlining the, the publishing house. So which, yeah, so it's exciting times for yourself. Though. Oh, it is, it is. I mean, it's, as usual, with it being a, you know right in the middle of a live Kickstarter, and with this being my very first live analog convention to demo the game at, um, that I've actually managed to have time to play the game. It's a very different experience being the guy demoing, you know. And so, so yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, a, it's a wonderful community. Everyone's super friendly. Everyone's super complimentary. And uh, and you guys just came and sat down, and you you burnt two hours of your weekend playing the Gorgon's Lock. And I'm extremely grateful to you both. Yeah, it, it was it was excellent to play. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, no, um, highly recommended. Your, so your podcast was called? Um, well, it's called the Fantastic Books Gaming Podcast with okay. Dan Grubb. G-R-U-B-B, that's my surname, um, and that's because when I was titling the thing, I had no idea that I'd be locked in forever. So <laughs> now, <laughs> my podcast uh, is... Yeah. Literal look. Yeah, yeah, I know, right, yeah. So, uh, so it's now locked in as being a little bit narcissistic. With Dan Grove, you know, I expected. <laughs> so I'm going to get someone to voice over, you know, um, here he comes and do some kind of comedy down the steps moment, you know, like the, like the old TV series. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah really really happy with Aircon really happy with your guys experience of the game and looking forward to the next two days of course we've got three whole yeah. days of Aircon yeah. what a fantastic convention huh? yeah absolutely how long has it been going um, what, this is year I think yeah this is the sixth year but then oh, there was wow. obviously the year before when it was Mark's Kitchen yeah. so that's oh, okay. how it all started so Mark essentially had uh, a weekend free invited mm. his friends round uh, to his kitchen to play games and that's where it all came from wow um, what a so wonderful start story that is it is it's great I, I think basically the kitchen got too crowded yeah so they decided <laughs> let's go to a pub next year and then that got too crowded the pub became a um, ballroom they, they or whatever Four giant room conventions. Absolutely. I mean, we're here. We should mention actually, we're at the Harrogate Convention Centre now, um, and it, it's vast and it just seems built for a board gaming convention. It does. It's yeah. absolutely spot on. There's there's loads of space. There's loads of loos. There's loads of light. Um, the ceilings are super high as well, so you don't get that usual um, overheating kind of pigs in a cage yeah, kind of thing that you get in some very busy conventions. You know. Um, now clearly the current. Uh, the worries about viruses and stuff have kept the numbers down a little, but uh, but it's still very well attended. Yeah, and, and obviously we've got to remember this is the Friday, um, yeah. so the Friday is always quieter. Saturday, mm -hmm. I remember last year was was heaving, really? um, okay. and it's great to see the different, so many different people from 
like expert gamers to mm. those that have really just seen aircon on a flyer and yeah. thought give that a go right? that's like. yeah. you know and it, it is very much open to all the thing I love about aircon and why it's one of my favourites if not the favourite convention to go to is, is the gaming aspect you can sit down yeah. it's all about playing the game yeah. you, you go to somewhere like and I, I, I don't like to compare it to UK Games Expo because mm -hmm. they're so unique but UK Games Expo has become more of a trade show okay. now. I, I feel a bit like Essen. So Essen is purely trade. If okay. you go to Essen, it's it's for publishers, for all, all sorts of people to go and kind of look at what's coming out, what's new. Yeah, yeah sure enough, there are demos, but it's very much trade-focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, not in a negative way, that's where the UK Games Expo is kind of headed over the years. Yeah. Um, whereas Aircon here, we've got exhibitors. But there's a lot of space for yourselves as, as publishers to demo games, yeah. but also for people to just come and, come and sit down and, yeah. and, and either sit down with their mates and play or mm -hmm. meet new people um, who are in the same hobby. And that, that's what I love about, I love about this convention. Mm -hmm. uh, that I mean, from, from, the, from the business side of things, because obviously I'm here as the head of Fantastic Books Gaming, and we are here to show the public our very first game in the hope that the Kickstarter will get funded and lots of people will start to support our work and what we do. But even from the business standpoint, you can see that this is a convention by a gamer for gamers. Yeah. And I'm extremely grateful for Mark and the team giving us the opportunity to come and show off our game. But I can, I'm surrounded on all, our table is surrounded on all sides by <laughs> people doing exactly the same thing. And yeah. it's lovely and it's such a friendly atmosphere. I've been to trade conventions and obviously as a publisher, I've been to you know, the London Book Fair and stuff. And sometimes the pictures next to each other, they're doing everything but snarling through the bars at each other. I mean, really, there's some, there's some real, you know, some, some real rivalry there. But no, this is wonderful. This is really, really good. I've, I've, I've never been to anything as dedicated to analog gaming as this, and, and I'm hooked. Yeah, so no, it's, it, it, it's it's great. I, I had my first year last year. I think I'll be coming every year from now yeah, on. Is, is it always in Harrogate, or is it always sort of in, it, around it, this area? Been, I think until it outgrows the convention centre. Yeah, right. Okay. It's always been kind of. I think uh, Mark said that. So I spoke to him Starting the other day. It kind of started okay. there, and it's it's always been kind of. A, a northern thing in the sense that mm. there aren't any conventions up in the north you yeah. see the UK Games Expo is down in Birmingham mm -hmm. um, and there was nothing really of a large size that yeah. could be up, up, up in the north so mm -hmm. this is kind of his his child he's nursed and kind of got to the scale that it is now yeah. Um, and yeah as, as you say I think it, until it outgrows here it's, it will be here and I don't think it's going to take long for it to outgrow mm. um, especially where, the way where would be the alternative venues do you think around here I don't really know this area of the country very well I'm, I'm, I'm from Sheffield originally but I've been living in East Yorkshire for the last 20 or 30 years and, and all of our big venues are the kind of council venues so the Cleethorpes Leisure Centre is where we have ours uh, before that we've been to you know sort of wedding venues and this sort of thing just yeah. big rooms fast internet because ours is principally an online gaming convention so although we've got um, uh, the, sort of our RPG area and board games and stuff um, we concentrate more on very young kids enjoying stuff with their families so we've got things like Nerf Wars and laser tag arenas and this sort of thing so it just it just requires space and very fast internet for the um, uh, for the VR streamers and this sort of thing but um, so we've been dedicating more and more room like as in space to the convention to board games and offline stuff and that and we're going to continue that trend because it's becoming more and more popular but you know it's it's quite hard to get the balance right because if you know, if, if, a, if a family wants to race around firing Nerf ammunition at each other, then there's no point cramming them into a 20 feet by 20 feet room. Yeah. You know, they, they'd much prefer. So we have a, we have a third of a gin 
for them to do that in and in the middle third of the gym it's all computers and in the last third of the gym we have a bar and the, and the, the stage and various things going on on stage. Um, and then little rooms off to the side, one of which, one of the largest of which is our RPG area. So it is quite segregated, but that's mainly for the players. So you don't end up with Nerf ammunition coming over and knocking your meeples over. And, you know, it would definitely happen. It would definitely happen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it sounds like a whole bunch of fun, to be fair. Oh, it and is, it's, it is. And quite a unique convention as well, having kind of all those different aspects in, in one yeah, place. Yeah, it's, it's not profitable at all. That's the thing about Fantastical. We use it as an offline, um, an offline launch platform for our books. Yeah. Uh, we, we do launch a lot of books there. Our authors give readings, sometimes dramatic readings, sometimes incredibly dramatic readings. We've had <laughs> we've had sword fighting, and and, wow. and, and you know one of the authors, uh, Drew Wager, um, he had he had both a sword fight happening on on, on fight with a couple of a uh, couple of mocap actors, fantastic actors, uh, Jay and Amelia. Uh, but we've also had uh, uh, Drew's own children and wife. Attacking each other with the kendo sticks live again in front of the studio. You know, we had a Dalek overlooking the whole thing, and it's, it's it's a really it's a really weird mix of all sorts of different stuff that you'd never normally put together, and I love it dearly. I do, and it's, it's, I'm really I'm really proud of the people who come together to make it happen every year. So, what we actually do is we kickstart the costs every year. We use Kickstarter for the cost of the thing. We, we ask you know, between eight and nine thousand pounds to put the thing on, so that we can cover any losses. And then essentially, I think that last year we made £198 profit and we, and we spent just shy of 20 grand putting the thing together. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not exactly the most profitable thing in the world, but I'm, I, I don't want to stop doing it. No, you know, uh, I, I think that's important is, is, is you do it for kind of the sense of enjoyment and yeah. the, uh, the, the fact that you're creating an event that's bringing so many people together and, and mm -hmm. coming from a, a variety of different backgrounds, yeah. you say authors, gamers, mm -hmm. and, yeah, and they come from get, all over the world as well, yeah. Tom. That's the thing. I mean, we, we get a lot of international visitors. We get twenty or thirty individual Canadians flying over just for the fantastic on weekend. That's Brilliant. a big commitment. So you know, they're paying seventeen, twenty quid for a weekend ticket, but you know, the flights are a couple of grand in some cases. You know, it's it's crazy that they come over, but it's a great excuse for them to meet up with their friends, with old army and navy and RAF buddies. This sort of thing, you know, so we get a lot of military guys coming along as well. And the military guys don't hang around the bar. They're always in the Nerf arena and the laser arena. And it's ridiculous because you just wouldn't you expect, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, when you, when you, when you pull into service station and yeah. you see these guys yeah. sitting there playing the driving games, and you think, oh, what are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> you've literally not just been doing that. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah, you, you should come along. You should, you should both definitely come along. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, so yeah. I think I will. I will yeah, be I'll, it's a bit, I'll bit of a schlep for me. But. Where, where are you coming from? Uh, Manchester. Oh, you're from Manchester, right? Yeah, okay, that's good. Well, I mean, Manchester's not Canada. It's only that's a couple true. of hours over the night. It's over the Pennines on two wheels, is the thing. Uh, oh, I say, oh, you're a biker? Yeah. That awesome little driver. Uh, I'm currently on a Yamaha XJ6. Yeah, that's a nice bike. It's a mid-weight and I'm a big person. Oh, fair play. So it's not quite powerful enough. It's, it's always the way. Whenever you speak to a biker, not quite powerful enough. Just need a few, a few hundred more horsepower, and I'll be fine. See, yeah, I, I'd love a bike, and I've been told by both my mother and my girlfriend if I buy a bike, they'll uh, yeah forget about punch it. Punch the tyres. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've avoided that for the moment. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll cut your legs off before you lose. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Before, before your bike does it for you. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Oh. 
All right, lads. So, well, um, I, I tend, I'm, I'm afraid we tend to do quite short and snappy little podcasts. So yeah, I'm no, going I'm I'm to go ahead and, uh, and call that a day. But thank you very much indeed for that, Scott and yeah. Tom. It's lovely to meet you both. Yeah, no, no, and, uh, Yeah, come and play the Golden Zock again over the weekend. Uh, we'll I'm set up a different on. scenario and we'll go do some different things with it, all right? Sounds excellent. Cool, awesome. Thank nice, you nice very to meet much. You both. Take care. Yeah, see you later. See you. Okay, bye-bye. bye.